Welcome to the Adult Cannabis Enthusiast Podcast, a place for mature conversations about cannabis and pop culture. My name's Joel, a 25-year cannabis consumer, and I'll be your host as we explore the world of cannabis, pop culture, and everything in between. I'm really excited to present to you episode 67 of the podcast because for the first time, I'm actually going to be sitting down with somebody other than Cam. That's right. I'm going to be conducting what I'll loosely call an interview for episode 67, but really I sat down with Jasper from the Leaf Debrief podcast. He's uh, on Twitter at Leaf Debrief, and we sat down and had a fun conversation about all the cool things that he's gone going on in the cannabis community. We, of course, we talked a little bit about weed and cannabis Twitter. So uh, hopefully you guys will enjoy this little conversation that we had. It was a, a pleasure to get to have a chat with Jasper after knowing him through social media for the past little while and uh, it was really great to kind of connect with somebody else in the community and and I look forward to future conversations with Jasper and as well with other people who I'm going to have on the show in the future so stay tuned for that so without further ado I'll uh, present my interview with Jasper from at Leaf Debrief I hope you guys enjoy and I'll chat with you on the back end welcome Jasper to the adult cannabis enthusiast podcast I cannot say how excited I am to have you here, my friend. It's weird. It feels like it's the first time we're actually having a voice conversation, but I feel like I've known you forever. It's bizarre. Yeah, same. <laughs> I think that's a fair assessment. No, I feel like I've been talking to you for ages and uh, we've legitimately sent each other mail. Actual mail. Yeah, real mail. Who does that these days anyway? I, I certainly do a lot of that these days. Yeah, it seems like you do actually. Put a... <laughs> it's like all I do right now. But no, it feels like I know you really well, and it is weird, like you say, to just be talking to you for the first time now. Uh, so, hello, nice to meet your voice. Yes, nice to meet your voice as well. I think the, the voice aspect of it, too, is something that kind of lends itself to that like personality or that knowing of someone. Like When you can hear somebody talk and know their speech patterns and their inflection, when you interact with them online, right, you kind of apply that to it. So. I think the fact that I've been able to listen to you on your Leaf Debrief podcast, which I'm a huge fan of, and I think everybody who's listening should check that oh out. Gosh. It's it's made that kind of like connection. Do you know what I mean? Where it's not just I'm talking to this avatar on the internet. I'm talking to this voice I've, I hear in my ears when I'm listening to the show. Oh, I hope so. I mean, I, I hope that kind of helps because, uh, you know, it's... It's challenging sometimes having a voice on, on Twitter and, you know, not <laughs> ruffling feathers and, uh, you know, just having... Having your voice heard without uh, having it misconstrued. So like being able to just, I guess, put my voice out there, uh, you know, and knowing that you've listened to it, you understand that I am just generally uh, a fun loving guy and uh, unprofessional <laughs> idiot. So uh, yeah, no, I think um, I, I like having that additional thing. And like you say, it's nice just not talking to an avatar, especially when both of our avatars are just logos. It's not very, not very human to talk to, I suppose. Yeah, true, right? The, it, and it's interesting because both of the accounts have really kind of adopted, like, uh, and at least from what I've understood from you, that it the account that you're very genuine and authentic in terms of the content that you produce and the way that you present yourself. So, like, it, it really is your personality invested in that avatar, and I think it's it's kind of similar with mine. So. I think you can kind of make that connection. So even though you're not like looking at the image of a person, right, you you get to know the person behind them and, and understand them a little bit. So uh, I really like that. And I, that's one of the parts I think about podcasting specifically in the cannabis space. It, it, it gives you a bit more of a personal connection with people. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, 
maybe that's you know why so many people in the community are doing it right now there's a, there's a really great sense of community and i <laughs> i feel like uh the podcast community for sure is kind of helping to string it all together i mean you know you have the the text the voice uh it's it's a great way to just kind of feel like you get to know somebody on a little bit more of a personal level even if they're just sitting there and talking your ear off yeah but i mean you're not wrong there are a lot of cannabis podcasts out there <laughs> like i can remember when 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 i was first considering putting the show together with cam uh like oh geez we're talking like the summer of 2019 was when we were first kind of like kicking around the idea of doing oh, a show yeah, you're and OG. cam was like dude i've googled i've googled all this kinds of stuff and i cannot find any cannabis podcasts and then like the next day i did a google i was like oh man i found a bunch <laughs> none that are gonna do it the way that we are <laughs> so there's there's a lot out there now but i just it's it's so it's industry focused and really industry heavy and i feel like that's where there's that space for there to be some great content creation amongst cannabis consumers and that's why i'm so into your show because it's real people talking about their interests intersecting with cannabis rather than like uh stocks and business <laughs> and you know marge margins and stuff like that i mean i can get nerdy with the like grow aspect and like the kind of science of cannabis but when you start talking to me about financials and all that stuff, man, I just turn right. Oh, off. yeah. No, we, we glaze over real hard on that as, as well. And I mean, Enzo understands that stuff a little bit better than I do. I'm not a, a finance person. But yeah, neither of us are into the stonks. Neither of us do the uh, the Reddit side really that much. And uh, yeah, no, we just kind of wanted to make the podcast as, you know, much like you and Cam, just two, two dudes who uh, have a little bit of experience with cannabis and don't claim to be experts or scientists or really professionals of any kind. Uh, so yeah, that was our drive. And you actually, you kind of did a little bit better than us in the sense that you Googled it before you started the project. <laughs> Enzo and I actually uh, kind of had a little bit of a misstep. Our, our original show, uh, I, we, we wanted to call it Best Buds, for like the, mm -hmm. you know, the weed pun, obviously. Uh, and we started recording our first episode before we had actually even Googled whether there was a cannabis review podcast out there. We, we were just so fucking full of ourselves <laughs> that we thought that we just had this such an original <laughs> idea. And yeah, not um, obviously not only are there tons of cannabis podcasts out there, but there was actually, I think, two or three cannabis podcasts called Best Buds. Uh, so we <laughs> scrapped that idea pretty quickly and, uh, yeah, ended up having to do some brainstorming and a little bit of extra Googling and eventually settled on Leaf Debrief. Did you have to do any re-recording? Like, like you had to, you had to re redo the fact that you were calling it Best Buds and like, oh, fuck, we got to do this again. Yeah, no, there, there was a whole episode that uh, that never actually made it to, to air. It never saw daylight. The the ghostly <laughs> first episode where uh, it was kind of fun, actually. We had lined up a whole bunch of ultra sours for an ultra sour showdown. We had, uh, let's see here, the, the Haven oh, nice. Street one. We had uh, Edison Limelight. I think uh, I can't remember one of the really, really crappy ones that just ended up being swag. But yeah, we we sat down and just kind of compared them all and had this ultra sour showdown. We hadn't heard of the one that you recommended yet, the the wildlife, which is actually quite good. Uh, and so that didn't make it to our showdown. But it doesn't matter because the whole damn thing got scrapped. Yeah, we were just calling it Best Buds and there was just no way to edit it out. But uh, I don't know actual first episode ended up being better anyway i think maybe <laughs>
<laughs> well, maybe something for uh, the deleted scenes in the future. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, lots, lots of bloopers to go around. Lots of bloopers. Oh man, <laughs> did you guys actually like keep your bloopers on the side? I I never even thought of that. We were like, no, cut that shit, get it out of there. <laughs> well, I don't know. I've got a pretty involved editing process, as you as you know. So mm-hmm. uh, I keep all the files, and you know, and late, lately, Enzo and I had to obviously record separately for COVID. So we kind of do of this thing where. Uh, we each record an audio file while we're talking to each other, and then he has to send me the file. I have to merge them, et cetera. So I end up with just giant piles of duplicates of files and stuff. And then the final cut is usually just kind of one solid version. Anyway, this is a long roundabout way of saying, yeah, we got piles and piles of just garbage footage that <laughs> is prob- probably just offensive to your ears but uh one day maybe we'll bring it out of the vault yeah well that's pretty cool though man like to be able to do that i, I can see the challenges with editing that way in in the beginning of our podcast cam did a lot of the editing because i was too worried that my ocd would just make it like a, a horrifying task for me and that i would just <laughs> overproduce the shit out of everything so I ended up picking it up a little bit later and it wasn't so bad. But when we switched to virtual and, and using the, the software that we're using now, uh, I'm not going to plug it because they're not going to give me any money, but uh, it, okay. it gives two separate audio files. So it made our editing process significantly better because when we were recording together, you couldn't really edit out any of the blips or sounds in the background or anything because you could be fucking with the other person's speech if they're doing it. So moving to mm-hmm. this program was significantly better. It just made the editing process a little bit simpler, but then you had to line up your timing right too, right? Which is another process, but uh, I don't want to get too into the weeds of like podcasting. I'm sure there's a few podcasters listening that are probably into our thought process on that. Uh, but for <laughs> meta podcast, yeah, for our, yeah, we're getting way too deep into the fucking community rabbit rabbit hole here for me and meta, but I'm sure the cannabis folks uh, are like, okay, guys, let's, let's get to the weed a little bit. But I, I think, I think that makes a big difference. So being able to, to have a, a clean editing process is cool. And I think for, for the show that I was doing with Cam, ours was a straight conversation. So what I like about your show is that you guys work in like gags and audio sounds and like uh, effects and music to kind of spice things up and liven it up where we, we left things kind of plain Jane and kind of let the, the words speak for themselves. But it immediately drew me to your show when I was listening to it because it just it's fun. It has like a lot of like whimsy, if, if you'll allow me that uh, description. Oh, absolutely. I, I appreciate the uh, description of whimsy. We tried to make it whimsical, and <laughs> uh, and I appreciate that you enjoy that. It's it's kind of more compensatory than anything. We <laughs> I don't know. Neither of us consider ourselves in, incredible conversationalists. I think Enzo is probably a little bit more confident than I am in his conversational skills. But uh, yeah, we both make tons of mistakes and gaffes and, uh, you know, have to delete a lot of things. So mm-hmm. As someone with just like a little bit of editing experience, I like to have a little fun with it and toss in some some goofy buzzers and stuff, you know, just to kind of, I guess, indicate to the audience that we know how wrong we are and you don't need to remind us. <laughs> yeah, but it's a good way to kind of paint that, right? It gives that like air of fun. And I've, I've always kind of used that descriptor for, for the Ace podcast in the sense that it's while we'd like to educate people and inform people, it's designed to be fun and accessible and entertaining, right? Like uh, edutainment mm-hmm. is uh, like, is a term used in hip hop, like back in the day. And and that's <laughs> what I would think would, would apply to it in that you're having a good time. You want to educate people, but you want to do it in a way that people understand and you're not being kind of like pompous or shitty. Like what you were saying before, not presenting yourself as a know-it-all or expert, just say, here's who I am. Here's my background. Here's my opinion. You may have similar thoughts. You may not. 
but try it out type thing, right? Exactly. Yeah, I think you and I come from very similar positions and I mean, backgrounds as far as our cannabis consumption. So yeah, I mean, we're both coming from it or coming to it, I guess, rather from a perspective of just kind of an old longtime cannabis consumer who doesn't really, uh, you know, claim to be an expert on the topic, but would like to offer education as a, uh, a come along with me journey type of thing, I guess. I don't know. Edutainment, like you say, that's a great thing. I love that. Yeah. And, and I think, like you said, coming along on the journey was what I, or what was kind of interesting to the aspect of doing a cannabis podcast for me, because I don't think I'm ever going to be someone who's really able to do like cannabis journaling or tracking something like that. And in like a roundabout way, doing a podcast about cannabis and doing reviews and stuff like that kind of feeds that beast for me. It gives me that, that record or history. And it's interesting to me because I, I go back and listen to earlier shows sometimes uh, shout out to catnip whenever he gets to this episode in like two years. <laughs> whenever I, I listen to old ones when he's listening to them, because he'll ask me questions and I'm like, fuck, I don't remember what I said two years ago. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I want to engage with him because he's a cool dude and uh, I, I love the conversation. Oh yeah. Uh, but I go back and I listen to those early episodes and I kind of cringe a little bit because, you know, there's times when we were like complimentary of like uh, canopy products or, you know, speaking about stuff <laughs> in ways. I recently discovered I've been mispronouncing limonene for the longest time. And I really wish someone had told me that before. <laughs> But I just, I just find that like, it's a journey in the sense that you grow, right? You learn a lot, like even with having extensive cannabis experience by doing this podcast and having more access to product and information since legalization, my knowledge has increased exponentially. Like I'm far more confident now than looking back at stuff like a year and a half ago and being like, what the fuck was I talking about? Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, and I mean, it's, it's funny, even you, like you have a huge catalog and I know what you mean when, uh, when catnip goes through your old catalog and starts uh, talking to you about old episodes and mine is only, you know, nine, 10 episodes long. <laughs> so, uh, I can only imagine what it's like, but yeah, I, I definitely feel that same cringe effect on the, the early stuff, even though it was only just a few months ago, you learn so much, honestly, just, uh, it's such a, an open community with lots of education just kind of available and the information is becoming available at such a rapid pace that uh, it's, I don't know, it's cool to just kind of be part of this freaky experiment uh, and just having all of this kind of dumped in front of us without any real uh, value attached to it yet. We just kind of get to decide, you know, choose our own path right now. So I'm, I'm really enjoying the journey. Yeah, it's really wonderful. And I think the coolest part for me has been that connection to the community and like, like the Twitter community specifically, since that's where I hang out, that's my haunt. And I know you're there too. Yeah. It's just being able to engage with all these people was something I never really kind of anticipated when I started doing that. Like I didn't have it in my mind that people would necessarily be down with the show or what we were putting out there. I, I it felt like it sounded good to me and I thought people might like it, but I didn't have any expectations. So when I got to know people and started talking to people and I'm like, man, like it's such a diverse community and people are so different. And I know like we all like to, to take pokes at each other every now and then, but it, it's just so much fun. Like there's so many cool people around and just to have conversations, like not with just like people who are like growers or people working for LPs, but, uh, even people like down in the US, like that last Starfighter dude, what a cool mm -hmm. motherfucker. I would love to have a beer with that guy. Oh, you and I both. Yeah, no, I would love to just give that guy a high five. Right? Uh, if, you, <laughs> if you listen to this last Starfighter, uh, yeah, no. I don't think he does, but man. Sometime. No, uh, yeah, he seems like he's got better things yeah, to do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, no, yeah, so many cool people, just like independent growers, the ACMPR folks, and, you know, the educators, uh, what's my pot, like, uh, just, so uh, obviously too many people to name oh, by yeah. name, but like. Yeah, I didn't mean to start name name dropping at all, uh, because you're absolutely <laughs> right, because there are legitimately so many cool people, it's, it's impossible, like I, we tried to do it on like, to do like a bit of a thank you thing on our anniversary episode, and it ended up being like fucking 10 minutes long, <laughs> it, was, it was almost embarrassing. It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And like the thank you, uh, the thank yous on Twitter, they obviously just demolish our mentions for an entire day. It's just, uh, it's really crazy. If uh, if anybody is listening and just uh, hesitating on joining cannabis Twitter, because it maybe you think of it as just a bunch of old hippies or something like that. It's not. It's a really diverse crowd. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, people from all walks of life, different political ideologies, and like lots of really good people too. I've met lots of solid people like yourself, Joel, uh, and Cam. And, you know, I'm not going to go around name dropping, but like it's, there's full of, it's full of goodness. And I love, I love finding good people and being friends with good people. So, uh, no, it's been a it's been a huge saver for me during this pandemic, and I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, I hear you. In the tying that to the pandemic, it just brings a real great point because we're all so locked in and and tied to our devices a lot of the time, right? It's a great way to be able to get that connection outside of our own like partners and families and stuff like that to be able to to make those bonds with people. And I mean, there are like I had a cross country road trip Mm -hmm. that got canceled by COVID. And when I take it now, I have so many places that so many more places that I'm going to have to stop. And at least I've told my wife, I'm like, we're going to have to stop here. I'm going to like hop out, smoke a joint with someone, get back in the car and we're we're on the road Um, because it's just, it's just impossible, right? Like uh, there's no way I'm not going to at least some point get to like, at least, I mean, it's hard to imagine now with the way the world fucking is, but uh, it's it's just, uh, I don't want to kind of go down that, that shitty rabbit hole, but man, it's hard, it's hard to kind of envision. Yeah. Good vibes (laughs) only. Exactly. It's hard to envision that, but uh, I plan, uh, when I'm able to, to make as many connections as I can. And I really look forward to the next time there's some kind of fucking cannabis conference because I was so geared up to get ready to go to those and then just poof and gone, you know, it's too bad. Uh, I know so many things just poof and gone. And, uh, and I mean, I wasn't uh, around the community for uh, when, when, when those conferences were happening, really, uh, you know, I've just been kind of a quiet pot smoker just does his own thing and uh you know wasn't really involved in the community up until recently so Mm -hmm. like those those conferences that you talk about uh that that's all just kind of things that i found out about in the last year and would love to go to myself but i've never seen them happen or anything like that oh yeah i I haven't either at all for the record that that's something that like we were when we were first starting out i think was when that was still potentially a thing but we nobody knew the fuck we were so we weren't (laughs) getting any invites or anything like that but you know if that ever to return there's so like so many people I, I I can't wait to meet in person and I feel like that would be the the best venue for that right? absolutely yeah big big joint roll roll trip I guess a uh, road trip uh to just go smoke joints with all of our friends across the country of which there are many now yes very many and and you've been really active lately right in the community like you say that you you know you haven't been a part of it for that long but you've kind of cemented yourself as a, a person in the community i feel like with how active you've been in the last few months uh yeah i mean cemented is a nice euphemism for it more like i guess uh wedged my ass in the door violently but um no potato potato yeah, <laughs> yeah i don't know i I guess I just got a big mouth and uh, once I got on Twitter and started tweeting about weed, it just kind of 
I guess found my groove. I don't know. Like I, I've used Twitter for uh-huh. a long time um, with a, an alternate anonymous account type of thing. But yeah, it, it never really spoke to me just because I never had anything to talk about. Uh, and so with cannabis, I just always have something to talk about. You know, there's there's plenty of good weed. There's plenty of shit weed out there. And there's just like lots of fun jokes to make. So yeah, I just started tweeting a lot, I guess. It just never <laughs> shot up. And, uh, and yeah, lately that's also involved just kind of, I guess, a little bit more community involvement and sending literal mail to people, uh, as, as we were talking about earlier. So yeah, I don't know, (laughs) as that's just been my involvement lately and, and yeah, it's really exploded. I could have never, I guess, expected how much uh, involvement this would kind of result in, but I, I'm really loving it and and it just drives me to want to tweet more. And once we boot up the podcast again, I keep saying we you hear me doing this. Oh, my heart. It's hard to take that away. Oh, my heart. It breaks. <laughs> I miss you, Enzo. Uh, yeah. When I start up the podcast again, whatever that's going to look like, I don't know. I, I think it it's this feeling that just kind of drives me to create content. It uh, it, it feels natural right now. And, uh, and until it stops feeling natural, I'm probably going to keep doing it in spite of everybody. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. Well, I think the one thing I would want to ask you about specifically, you mentioned sending out all of this mail, but I think you're being maybe a little bit humble about this, but you've really gone and done a pretty fucking cool thing for people. And I, I want to kind of prod you a little bit about that <laughs> in that you've kind of created a space where you'll send art to people if they show you proof of donation to, I believe it was like to, for, um, to help stop Asian hate or to, you know, violence against women yep. and stuff like that, uh, I believe was kind of the focus for it. So man, like how cool is that, that you've created some kind of space and engagement where people can create some like positive change like, like that's something like real and actual, right? Like dollars are important and they matter to people and to be able to do that and then be able to give some people some really cool art. I mean, like kudos, bro. Oh. Like, <laughs> I, like I, I got to give you props for that because that's, that's just such a cool thing to generate positivity, not within the community and that people get like something tangible, but you're also doing something for a good cause. And I mean, like, that's a lot of altruism from you and a lot of effort, no doubt. So, I mean, like, wow. So like what, what kind of um, pushed you to do that, I guess, is, is what I wanted to ask you. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, well, first of all, I appreciate all your kind words. You're really making me blush here, but... Um, it's okay. We're not, we're not recording video. Yeah, so it's all right. Good, because <laughs> I'm, I'm sweating here. It's another sweaty Sunday. You know all about my profuse sweating. Uh, yeah, I don't know what pushed me to start this. Well, I mean, without getting into too much negativity, uh, there was obviously bad things that happened in Atlanta. Uh, that we probably all know about at this point. And that's kind of why it's centered on uh, stopping violence against women, stop Asian hate. Uh, I also have uh, sex work down there as potential cause. I mean, really just any cause. Uh, But no, that was the one that kind of drew me in because when that happened, I don't know if I maybe was just feeling a little more emotional that morning or something. Uh, I just woke up and was severely underslept. And I guess maybe my antidepressants were just kind of starting to kick in. And I don't know, a whole whack of factors just led me to have a very uh, visceral reaction to that. And I don't know, I just felt like I needed to do something. I felt like I wanted to scream is really kind of where I was at. But 
I don't know, I had all of these little paintings that I had kind of just sitting around just from sending thank yous out to people who had sent me uh, homegrown lately, uh, which is actually quite a few mm-hmm. people. Thank you to all those people. Uh, so I've just been sending out these little paintings. How cool is that? Eh? Like, oh, it's so so cool. <laughs> I that sorry. If we can just take like take a beat on that. Yeah, I that was something that I never ever imagined that people would send me like some of their homegrown. I've had like local people just like drop some in my mailbox. Uh, Comrade Bubba, you are a cool motherfucker. But uh, uh, Temple Grower for sending me some shit too. But it just like. I never expected that to happen. And like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously you've had that experience. I know there's a, like a great group of people in Ontario there who are uh, sending around homegrown as well. I mean, just like what a great community, I guess is, is where I'm, where I'm landing on this. So sorry, uh, you can keep going. I just no, thought totally. that was something important to acknowledge, right? Like those people are so cool. Yeah. Home growers, you guys rock. I know, I know I kind of joke about the grow your own bra crowd, but you guys grow some damn good weed. I do. Yeah. Shout outs to, to Lucas, to uh, Jesse, to Randy, um, to Ross, any, everybody who has sent homegrown. I love it all. It's so fantastic. So yeah. Anyway. You tried the deckweed? I tried the deckweed. Randy's deckweed. I'm getting, uh, I'm getting a cross stitch, not a cross stitch, an embroidery actually made that says uh, home is on top of Randy's deck actually, because I love it so much. <laughs> so um, that is, that is in process right now but yeah randy's deckweed is amazing uh, jesse's tangy gorilla lemon fire was amazing lucas had the sure breath blew my mind a- anyway uh yeah again this is turning into more name dropping but uh love the homegrown yeah, so much that uh, i had to send thank yous around to people uh, so I, i've been doing that lately and i had a lot of those just kind of lying around so I don't know. I just kind of got the idea that maybe I would just kind of start uh, sending them to people as thank yous for something different. Donations to my pet cause, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, violence against Asian women. F- for some background, my my partner is visibly Asian. Um, so maybe that was part of my visceral reaction to it. It's just the thought of somebody holding enough hate in their heart to do something awful to uh, the person that I just think is the most generous, sweet, loving person, an innocent soul, you know? Um, Anyway, not to get too Mm -hmm. depressing or anything like that, but it really hit me hard. And that's why that became my pet cause and will remain my pet cause for as long as I can still paint. Well, I I just think that's awesome because you were able to channel that emotion and that visceral reaction into something positive. I just, I don't know that I would have that same kind of ability. I think I like went like, I, I would have a, a a similar internal reaction, but I would want to like, you know, destroy something rather than create something. Oh, there was lots of that. Trust me. (laughs) No, I I love destroying things. Yeah. No, the the destroying stage comes first and then the creation stage afterwards, you see. Uh, yeah, the Phoenix rises from the ashes. Yeah, of course. Burned it all down. I get it. I get it. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is why I I keep a heavy bag in my garage and then I, I can do it, but it's, it's a, it's a skill and something that you're doing by, by being able to create art for people that I, I personally really admire. My creative outlet is stuff like this, like podcasts and I'm good at the talking, not so good at like drawing or uh, things like that Uh, or creating products. Like, Like some of the things that you're creating, was it like a a rolling tray that you gave away recently in uh, a giveaway. Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool, man. (laughs) Like the fan leaves. 
Yeah, thanks. Um, the, yeah, the resin rolling trays. Um, I don't know. I've just been experimenting with epoxy resin lately. It's messy, shitty stuff. You get it everywhere. And it's really, <laughs> really quirky to work with. But it's fun as hell. And actually doesn't require too much manual dexterity or anything like that. Uh, I mean, even like if you're not into the the maker stuff, it's it's actually not too hard to just stir a bunch of resin and kind of pour it onto some leaves and see what it does. Uh, if you're ever feeling crafty like that, uh, I'd, I'd definitely <laughs> recommend giving it a shot. But yeah, I've just been kind of pouring resin on fan leaves and arranging them with gold leaf, uh, little bits of paint I've been experimenting with actually just today and feeling horribly, obviously, and making messes. But that's <laughs> just part of the process. And I like to share that process on Twitter too. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think that it's it's what endears you to the community right and people like when they get to follow along they feel that connection with the project that you're working on uh, i think we see that time and time again if we tie it back to the, the cannabis space right when we're looking at like what the growers are doing uh, when we see the ones that are um, a little bit more transparent and they're sharing like what's going on in the room mm-hmm. like that kind of stuff is what gets people's attention and gets people interested so uh, i feel like you're kind of doing that in in your your own way with that aspect of it by kind of showing the process and that and that's what gets people excited so i mean like in a, in a short amount of time you've really been able to build uh, a really good solid following within the community i feel like i'm i will admit to being somewhat envious because i feel like it took us a little bit a little bit longer to break in than you have made your way so i think that's pretty cool well i mean i i think you've got a good strong foothold yourself and uh and like i said i probably just tweet way too much and that's it <laughs> you know how the algorithm is you just, uh, it, it likes chatty people. So I don't know. It probably just it threw our account in front of a bunch of people. I uh, honestly, <laughs> the growth doesn't really matter. You know, it's, it's such a cliched thing to say like it, but it was really surprising for us too. And so, uh, I mean, that's why we celebrate it every time we hit a funky looking number, like four, 420 or 1000 or anything. So like, you know, I, I like to do giveaways, you know, not because I'm trying to garner followers or anything, just because no. I have a lot of stuff flying around and, uh, <laughs> and it seems to make people really happy. Uh, like people love the giveaways. And when it's something like a resin rolling tray, like uh, the, the appreciation feels really real. And like, you know, I know it's another cliche, but like, it feels good to make people feel good. So, uh, that's just me, Mr. Feelgood. <laughs> no, well, no, but you're making personal connections with people, right? And and that's something that I think a lot of people are lacking right now. So it's it's awesome to see that that ability to connect with people in maybe ways that they don't expect. And not only that, but it, you're you're creating things that you're giving to them, right? So it's not like I, like I feel like you're being a little bit humble about it, but you're you're making these like you you physically have to make these paintings and these like resin rolling trays, right? They, they don't come from from thin air, so like you don't have Sanda's little helpers to help you put it <laughs> together, man. So I mean, like there, there's a, a genuine effort involved, and that's what people really appreciate, right? Because it's it's not like something that you're gonna get at a dollar store. That's something that somebody took time and effort to make for you specifically. And that's a pretty rad thing. Well, thank you. And a little piece of my heart goes into everyone. So everybody that receives them, yeah. thank you so much for donating to uh, to all of your causes. You've gotten really creative with them so far. And, uh, and I love it. And I will continue sending these out for as long as you keep donating. Yeah. So I'm sorry for uh, embarrassing you a little bit with all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, come on. Uh, it, was, it was something that I wanted to talk about. And uh, I don't mind pumping your tires on this because I feel like it's really a really cool thing. And I, I've really enjoyed our interaction over, uh, I don't know what, the past like eight or nine months that we've been doing. I think 
there's there's a tendency in a lot of spaces where there's concerns about people being competitive or or you know like oh this like we're kind of operating in a similar space and i've never really kind of had that mentality whenever i see someone who's doing kind of a, a consumer focused cannabis podcast uh who's like trying to engage with the community i want to talk to those people i want to mm. have conversations so i was really happy that you were reciprocal in that kind of attitude and then within like a couple months of us chatting we were sending each other weed yeah <laughs> yeah which was great <laughs> Uh, I love that. And, yes. I, and I only recently actually uh, passed on the last nug of that weed to another member of the community here, which I, I think you probably uh, watched happen. But yeah, our uh, 1,000 follower giveaway there, uh, that last nug of Mac 1 that you so generously sent over my way there, that is on to Heretic Conquer uh, in, in his new bud collection. So it, it all goes around. It's like this big merry-go-round of weed. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I mean, it's really cool, and it's not. That's never even something I'd even considered before uh, about like doing a trade or, or swapping out a province or something like that. But it was just like so. It was so cool. I mean, I feel like now there's. I mean, it's a different world because I, I think back then I don't think either of us had access to medical cannabis, and we both do now. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of opened or kind of blown the doors off in a lot of sense in terms of consumption for me so there hasn't really been a lot of stuff that i've been kind of like pining after so i haven't been like oh hey dude kind of you sent me here and i'm like i don't know if there's anything out here that you were looking at but the only thing that's been on my mind lately has been that fucking animal face Mm, carmel yeah no i knew you were gonna say that (laughs) (laughs) yeah of course you did (laughs) uh yeah i don't know i'm a i'm a big garlic breath fanboy right now and like obviously kind of a carmel fanboy in general uh, which i was honestly before they sent me stuff so that was pretty cool but like no i mean i i've been loving that garlic breath and found you found a couple seeds in it and you know a lot of people (laughs) complain about that uh and uh, like the weed was great and i haven't found other seeds yet and now i have two garlic breath seeds which were thug pug genetics like i think those are usually like 50 dollars. you know that's not not a bad find um so but yeah no i love the animal face love the drew's dark helmet i found it it's just like this intergalactic flower patch right up your nose holes uh no it's i i think they're all wonderful um so yeah if you ever feel like getting your hands on some caramel uh give me a hauler and maybe i'll check out the the bcc is it bccs what is that acronym am i getting that right yes it is yes you are bc cannabis store so like we have to include the c bc is a bit weird like that for its acronyms and stuff like it's strange right because i'm not I'm not from here, but I've been here in like 12 years now. Yeah. They, they, they always add BC to stuff that they don't need to. Like it's not CAA here. It's BCAA. Oh, okay. And it just ends up being a mouthful of C's. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So that, so I I have that same problem for the longest time. I would call it BCS because, you know, BC cannabis store, we don't need to include another letter in the acronym just for a letter but whatever uh yeah check it out and see what's there i honestly haven't been on there much at all because i spend all my time on shelter and can mart <laughs> yeah predictable but i got i got some new ones coming i got um i got hooked up with uh Redican, jc green tantalus and green tech Oh, so okay. I, I haven't ordered anything yet. I'm going to wait for those 420 sales. I hope that come and we'll see. But the, the, some of that shit on Tantalus, man, looks really cool. Oh, yeah. The new Tantalus stuff and uh, and the green tech. Are you are you on their new medical platform or are you just getting that through Canmart? 
Uh, no, I'm on their new medical platform. I uh, oh. uh, I did a did a review this morning on a G Tech product from Canmart. I don't think I'm going to buy another one from them. Hey, it's funny, eh? You know, they, it's like they just end up with a different batch. You look at a Tenzo Wedding Crasher, and then you look at the Canmart Wedding Crasher, and it's just like two different plants. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Popcorny Smalls. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we'll see. I'm gonna like hopefully the stuff from Green Tech will, uh, you know be a bit better if like it's their <laughs> own brand i'm hoping i'm hoping that's what's going to be there but really my my motivation is to, to try the peanut butter mac and if that sucks maybe i'll just move along i've heard good things about the peanut butter mac i i actually have the uh what is it alien sin mint cookies on uh on my review table right now and it's it's not hitting all the notes for me right now but i've heard like you said good things about the peanut butter mac and i just don't know where to get my hands on it yet so holding out for that little nugget yeah, I've had the cinnamon. I don't think I only had an eighth, and I want to say it was like back in the fall. So my memory is really kind of like foggy on it. But I remember it being fairly terpy and really piney, mm. if I'm uh, recalling correctly. But I mean, yeah. who knows I don't, what lot you got? It's probably the same lot that you got months and months ago. To be honest, <laughs> you, you know how these things work. I try. I try not to get that on the medical side. I feel like I, I dodge a lot of those bullets with shelter, and I'm really, really cautious about what I'm buying now because, like, Canmart is like if you're getting that cheap shit, you always know it's going to be old, right? Oh yeah, yeah. All the flourish stuff, all the uh, the grandpa stash, yeah, that's all old stock. Uh, I've, I'm still on with Canmart right now, and I get some good deals through them occasionally. I, I, I was considering flipping over to the green tech side, and may still do that, but right now. Uh, like you, Shelter is keeping me satisfied for my regular consumption because, uh, yeah, generally pretty good stuff there. They have enough on their menu that satisfies my needs. I, I don't know about you. Yeah, no, I mean, like there's, it, it, you know, all the categories I'm looking at for my medicinal needs are, are kind of met if I'm looking there. But it's it's the same deal where you got to be economical and try to find a good time to purchase when there's a sale so that you know you're not going to get like totally cleaned out when you're purchasing yeah but i, I bought an i bought an ounce of the planet of the grapes a couple of weeks ago and just that that cultivar is awesome i really love smoking that weed oh yeah it goes fast around here that planet of the grapes <laughs> yeah i had a big cannon of it last night <laughs> big cannon <laughs> And I don't normally roll roll cannons. So I had to use uh, Rotini instead of Facili as my filter this time. Oh, you're upgrading your pasta. No kidding. That's a, that's a big deal. Eventually, you're just going to get to a full rigatoni and uh, yeah. <laughs> have to use an eggshell or something. Yeah, I still haven't uh, I still haven't tried that yet. The only pasta I have around right now are the the dumpling style egg noodles that you use uh, for stroganoff. So <laughs> they, they're kind of all oh, wacky. Yeah, that's not going to work. Bigly. But uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I've had a lot of a lot of paper things just kind of sent to me as you know, apologies by LPs for dry weed. Uh, so now I have all of these little uh, paper things with the filters attached to them, too. And so I've kind of taken up rolling filter joints again. I, I usually roll filterless my whole life. I just roll filterless coners. But uh, you're one of those. Yeah, I don't know. Kind of like uh, 420 investing. I've always just been a filterless person. I don't know if that was just kind of a habit that I picked up early. But yeah, only just learned how to, to roll with those weird little kind of pre-folded filter thingies. Uh, I actually had to hop on Twitter and uh, Don Nadon taught me how to use it. Uh, a nice quickie. And uh, since then, I think I've got my technique down. 
more or less. I occasionally post these little quick roll videos on Twitter just so that people can ridicule me if they want to, but uh, nobody seems to these (laughs) days. So I, I think I'm doing all right. Yeah, I know. I've seen your style, man. Uh, when I used to roll with like cardboard filters, I never, I always put them in at the end. So like I would like spin my joint up and then, you know, uh, put my filter together and pump it in the back mm. afterwards. And I've noticed that like your form is to like roll it up in there. And ever since I went to the pasta filters, that's what I've been doing is just like rolling it when it was in there. But my rolling style is like I I cheat and uh, I like I'll use the table as kind of like leverage wherever I am to be able to get my roll in. So I'm kind of like pressing down on the table as oh. I'm doing my roll. Okay, like sandwiching the paper against it and kind of rolling uh, with it as a surface. Yes, exactly. Uh, okay, that's neat. I I don't know if I've seen that done before. Uh, I I am sure there's a billion reasons why you shouldn't do it, but it's uh, <laughs> it's just the way it's just the way that I do it. But I, I could never roll a filterless joint. I always had to have a like some kind of crutch or filter in it because I was too concerned. Well, I mean, if you're in a circle or something, right? There's always that opportunity to juice it, and mm-hmm. I just felt like a filter is easier for passing around to people. But a Percy, right? It makes sense to do it. But I had I had a good friend of mine who used to swear by filterless joints. And he would always like kind of bitch at me whenever I'd put a filter in a joint. And it was kind of like my way out of getting out of rolling <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, Hey man, you could roll it up. I'm like, no man, I'm putting a filter in. If I roll. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, no, that's uh, I, I don't know. I've always been a filterless person. And like you say, every once in a while you get the slobberer in the group, but I mostly just roll yes. Percy's these days. So it's never been too much of a problem for me. And I save all my roaches. They get, gummy as hell and uh and i don't even have a plan for them i just have stacks and stacks of them uh, like it's been it's been a long time since i've been desperate enough to go for a roach you know like legalization has really changed things but that scarcity complex hasn't gone away yet it's weird right <laughs> no absolutely absolutely i'm i always have that because you're like man what if i run out or what like yeah. <laughs> i reuse all my all my fucking avb man i may turn all that shit into oil oh yeah I, mean, I don't keep my roaches but i don't smoke joints very often i only smoke like a couple like a few joints a week at the most oh, okay so um, i'm 100 percent into my packs like like 99 percent of my consumption is from the packs i would say uh, so i don't have the opportunity to keep it avb is where my extra comes in but yeah that scarcity or that fear of like even though there's that abundance now i mean yeah yeah but i mean now with like now it's just more about my covid paranoia and not like wanting to have to go to a store <laughs> yeah that's fair it's like more of a stock up thing i guess at this point and you know not wanting to go and pick up small amounts which maybe we would have done before this all began, right. but, uh, but yeah, I don't know with OCS doing delivery, like, I, I don't know how things are for you over there, but uh, domain does like basically 24 hour delivery. So it's like you say, it's in abundance. It's available. You never really have to worry about running out unless you're literally running out of money, which, you know, that's, that's a whole it's other a real problem. fear though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, that's, that, that's a fear in and of itself. But yeah, I don't I don't think the scarcity is warranted anymore. But I still I still keep my roaches. I still keep my dab reclaim. I still keep it all. So who knows what's up with that? Watch out. Watch out for that dab reclaim, bro. I don't want to see you bust another rib. Ah, that was rough. It, that took weeks to get over. But uh, no, since then, I've been a little bit smarter with the dab reclaim. I have actually <laughs> been experimenting with eating that gunky shit which sounds weird as hell but uh no i've got some techniques around it and it's almost kind of got the same effect as like a good rick simpson oil which i also just had recently the pleasure of trying uh thank you lawrence jenis 
uh, for the Rick Simpson oil, another community shout out there. But uh, yeah, it, it can be eaten. It ain't nice, but you can uh, you can mix it with <laughs> coconut oil even and just slurp it up like a good old gumbo soup or, uh, you know, whatever you want, really. Um, it's it's all right. And it'll knock you out for enough enough to keep an insomniac like me asleep for a good six hours, which is uh, actually probably saying a lot more than you think. Uh, as a fellow insomniac, I can understand and six hours sometimes can be like life changing almost. Oh, absolutely. Um, I've never had Rick Sim- Rick Simpson oil. So I'm, I'm kind of interested. Like I hear a lot about it and I know what it is, but how did you find that like consuming that? I found it interesting. I I actually didn't really know anything about it before Lawrence approached me with it. So that was kind of a fun learning adventure when when he was just like, hey, Jasper, I'll send you some of this for your sleep. And uh, (laughs) I I love that everybody has just kind of teamed up on this conquest to get me to sleep. It's a it's a fruitless venture. I warn you all, there will be no success had here. But uh, no, Lawrence has actually had mild success with that Rick Simpson oil. It was it was interesting. It was spicy, like really spicy i wasn't expecting how almost kind of capsaicin-y it was or like a like it had kind of a clove spice it really lit up my sinuses and uh and, oh. it, and it stuck to my teeth that was the other thing so it just like you, you try and get it down at the back of your throat but it just goes everywhere and then you end up with this kind of a filmy oil all over your teeth it just feels like you're wearing a mouth guard or something so Anyway, yeah, the the I guess organoleptic experience of consuming it was its own thing, but uh, I did find it had some I guess knockout effects. I, it made me sleepy. It made me want to go to bed. And although I don't think I fell asleep any faster, I definitely, like I said, stayed asleep for five and a half, six hours, which is what I would consider a pretty banging night. So I don't know that that kind of got me curious about Rick Simpson oil and. I guess, just kind of eating oils a little bit more in general. And that's when I looked at my mm. gunky ass pile of dab reclaim and thought, this looks tasty. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I could try this too. <laughs> <laughs> but that's pretty cool, man. I mean, if you can find something that will work and have some functionality, like I was like having horrible time with my insomnia until I found something workable with my AVB oil to get myself to sleep. And it's nowhere near as potent as Rick Simpson oil. So I'm not even going to try to suggest it. I've talked to a few people in the community about using it as an alternative, like into Indica and a few other mm-hmm. folks. Uh, I don't know that it's enough for your level, but I've just found like, I'll just take monthly pretty much, I would say, or maybe 35 to every 35 days or so. However much cannabis I've consumed through the vaporizer, which usually amounts to like somewhere between, you know, 60 and 80 grams of cannabis in that time yeah. uh, that I've, that I weigh out the times that I do take the time to weigh out the AVB. And then I just throw it all into olive oil and I'll have a shot of that about, you know, an hour before bed with a handful of nuts. Oh, uh, do you, do you heat up the olive oil or anything? No. Oh, like when I infuse it into the olive, like I infuse the, the AVB into the yeah, olive yeah, oil yeah. first. And then when, when I consume it later and then no, I don't heat it up. Just pour it in a shot glass, take an ounce <laughs> and then handful of nuts. Down the hatch. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. Well, I've, I tried it in many, many different ways and olive oil was the only way I could kind of stomach the taste of it. It doesn't keep me out, but it I can fall back asleep easily. Yeah. Sleep maintenance is always the problem. Yeah. And that, and it just, that changed things for me. And that's like, I've been able to kind of find some functionality. I have to kind of mess with, like, I have to kick like mini tea breaks from it in a sense. Mm-hmm. So like on weekends and on like, like holidays and stuff like that, I go off it because I'd rather save it for when I, when I have to work and I need the sleep. But 
I found that to be pretty useful for myself. So I wouldn't suggest that to you because I feel like RSO is, is like some next level shit and, uh, that's not the same, but just being able to find some kind of balance or getting that for you is so, is so valuable. So hopefully, uh, you'll be able to find something workable. Yeah, hopefully. And, uh, it's, it's been a challenge. I, I, most of my insomnia is just in like, it's purely pharmaceutical based. It's just these antidepressants that I take and, uh, and I, have a, a great experience with them enough to, I guess, accept the side effects such as insomnia. So I just kind of live with it now. It's just part of my life. But no, it's really inspiring how many people, like I said, in the community have really made it their task to try and um, to try and get me some sleep. Uh, even had some really delicious looking sweets with with infused oil <laughs> sent to me. So yeah, no, thanks to everybody for wanting to get me some sleep. And I'm sorry if it ends up being a fruitless venture. Oh yeah, that's right. You had some of uh, Radonis treats too, eh? Oh, Radonis treats. <laughs> Man, yeah. I was like just looking at that stuff drooling. Radonna, if you're listening, your shit looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, I can personally confirm. And uh, like I was saying on Twitter, I don't usually buy that kind of stuff. Those fancy sweets and like homemade uh, macarons and stuff like that. You know, that all just seems <laughs> like too fancy for things. It's kind of highfalutin. Like, yeah, exactly. I don't want to buy that for myself. But uh, no, if somebody wants to give that to me, like uh, like a sweetie like Radonna, um, no, that I've, this is the first time I've ever had uh, a handmade marshmallow, and that was fucking unreal. It was wow. like a, just a completely different experience, like just the the feeling of it in your mouth and and the brittle and uh, oh gosh, there's just she really sent a whole like <laughs> gift basket. I was kind of a little stunned just by the generosity, but um, yeah, and like the truffles, you've seen her stuff. It's beautiful. It's fucking beautiful. It's just a, yeah. a work of art. So. Yeah, I'm putting an order in soon. It's uh, I can't resist anymore. The more I look at it, I'm like, nope, got to put an order in now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm kind of of the same mind. I'm like, that's it's a little too fancy for my style. But at the same time, I'm like, I just got to try it now. I mean, it makes great gifts. And if you give it as a gift to your wife, I'm sure uh, some of them will find their way into your mouth, you know? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, man. So you've been really active in the community with the stuff that we've been talking about. What's been going on with your podcast? What's... uh what kind of things have been happening? I know you you recently made an announcement about that. Yeah, so I guess the podcast has been on hi- hiatus for a while. We've been calling it season tea break, which is just because uh, Enzo has. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Uh, Enzo has been on. Uh, I guess what we started calling a tea break, but as I've alluded to many times before, Enzo and I have slightly different relationships with can cannabis. Uh, I am kind of an all day, every day person. I've always had a very solid relationship with it since uh, I was 12 years old. And Enzo is kind of a more recent cannabis consumer who has a little bit of a shakier relationship with it. So uh, he he just needed a little bit of a break from it. The, uh, the pandemic has been weighing on him and he's trying to get stuff done uh, in terms of creative work as a poet and uh, doing lots of community work right now. He's also uh, very, I guess, hu- humanist oriented. Uh, so he's, he's a busy guy too. And, and I think he was finding that the cannabis was just kind of interfering with his productivity more than anything and giving him a little bit of anxiety and uh, just needed a break from it. So uh, we used to, we took a break and since then he's kind of been doing his own thing and as now of the mind that he'd like to extend his break, maybe indefinitely. We've done this before. He's, uh, he's 
gone off cannabis for a while, come back to it. Uh, so this is nothing new. It's not surprising. I fully support his decision and he's doing, mm-hmm. you know, what makes him happy right now. He's, he's on his journey. So, uh, I've got to continue my journey, which at this point, I don't know what it's going to look like. I've kind of mulled <laughs> around the idea of doing something similar to, I guess what you kind of did, uh, in parallel, to me here which is basically just kind of bringing people around and chatting and uh maybe doing quick reviews or something basically anything you've come up with i thought about and then you did it and i was like oh shit i can't do that now so uh <laughs> i don't I'm know sorry, <laughs> you're just you're just always one step ahead of me so no i don't know i'll figure it out and this this is really fun honestly i just like the the vibe of sitting with a new person and chatting like i did it kind of recently with uh with kylie actually so maybe i should mention that after enzo left the show uh, i i found myself kind of just bored and wanting <laughs> to record and a funny conversation on twitter actually just kind of allowed kylie and i to connect kylie from parkland flower uh for those who are not familiar and yeah, we just had a fun interview, just uh, her, Siobhan McCarthy and I, who are just, uh, she, she's another like educator in the cannabis space and does uh, infusions and stuff. So I don't know, it was a really fun conversation and I like the ad lib aspect of it and I'm enjoying this conversation very thoroughly. So I don't know, maybe, maybe we'll just keep on with the uh not interview thing i don't like industry interviews like you uh i just like shooting the shit so uh, if anybody's listening and wants to shoot the shit with me uh yeah give that's, that's kind of like one of my goals is i hope to like get some industry people to shoot the shit like i i, I want to get exactly. some industry people on and have legitimate conversations as a person like sure i'll give you some time to pitch your brand or whatever you've got on that's coming out to market but let's just talk man i don't want to like send you interview questions i don't want to have a scripted boring interaction that people aren't going to enjoy i just want to talk and having like a conversation like this mm-hmm. has been awesome man i'm like i'm really thrilled that you uh were willing to kind of come on and and have a, a chat and kind of do this because i'll I'm kind of in a similar boat, like like you kind of alluded to. Uh, Cam stepped away from this show, and I've decided to carry it on because I I like this too much, I, and I just think that it's something I want to continue. So to find a way to get connected, it, it's a challenge, and I I don't think I have the same kind of uh, toolbox that you do to be able to to generate content and stuff like that. So the the pod has really been my focus, and doing those like little one hit reviews. I'm not going to lie. It was really weird kind of talking just myself for the first little bit, but I think <laughs> I've kind of found like a little bit of a groove and doing something quick. It's, it's quick content to be able to put together, but I, I understand where you're coming from when um, you have a, a somewhat abrupt situation where your, uh, your dynamic of what you've done for so long has changed. And now you're like, okay, well, well, what's now? And Uh, that was kind of my vibe. I thought, I just want to talk to people, whether it's like people in the community, you know, fellow podcasters like you, there's lots of people. Uh, I'd love to have street villain on to shoot the shit with him. Uh, His man versus weed podcast is a lot of fun. Uh, He's got a little bit more of a critical eye on things. And I think maybe we do, but really interesting character. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to kind of have a chat with people like him and, uh, but industry people too, big and not just like, you know, growers and um, marketing people and PR people, but you know, like the people who are doing the nitty gritty, I'd love to talk to some trimming crews 
that was like one of the coolest things that Cam and I got to do when we got to go hang out at Habitat for a day and take a tour and shit, man. Like oh, that. Oh yeah. I mean, it's it's only like a, a twenty minute drive for us, but just the fact that they were willing to do it, and like I feel like you might have a similar opinion in that it's weird when you kind of gain like it's weird for me to even say this, but when you gain like a measure of like legitimacy in the community and people don't look at you like some crank who just talks on the internet, but they're like, Hey, why don't you come check out our stuff? Or they want you to review their product or it's, I don't know if you have a similar opinion, but getting sent stuff is really weird sometimes too. Uh, when people are like, Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, I same opinion. No, it kind of makes you feel like a shill almost uh, to use Reddit terminology. <laughs> but yeah, no, getting sent stuff especially is weird. It's just like, should I even accept this? It's from an LP. Some people, the fake legalization people are going to be on <laughs> me about this. Oh, God, what am I going to do? Uh, yeah, no. Um, so the, it is it is weird just kind of feeling legitimized, like when an LP reaches out to you even and uh, like even just apologizes because it's just like, do you do this for everybody? Yeah. Right. And, you know, if not, why don't you? So, um, yeah, exactly. You should not just like influencers and people like that. So I don't know. It, it is a weird feeling. And I and I am kind of at odds with it a lot of the time, to be honest. And I try and just be thankful and accept all the generosity because uh, obviously I have no problem getting cool stuff, but I don't want people to think I'm sponsored or shilling or anything like that. And Nobody's like, cutting a check, man. Nobody's cutting a check to us, right? This is a fucking volunteer service. You don't get paid. <laughs> <laughs> I spend so much money on fucking weed for the show. volunteering our lungs. Jesus Christ. Like, I, yeah. oh, I can't, I've, I've had, it's, I don't get that very often, but I've had that sometimes times where a reply guy is like oh you're paid by lps or whatever and it's like seriously man seriously <laughs> what, what kind of peanuts do yeah. you think they're paying us here yeah no it's, it's funny to to think that but i mean it's i guess a reality there are lots of people in like the reddit forums who are influenced by their stock <laughs> options and bullshit like that who are just trying to pump up that you know bag holders are funny oh yeah <laughs> i could never be that guy so I guess there's reason for suspicion. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. And I mean, like you kind of mentioned the the fake like legalization people and like you recently kind of made like a, I think a comment on Twitter about how we're all like really playing for the same team. Yeah. Right. And that in the end result, we all want the best situation. I think I don't want to paint everybody with this brush, but the majority of people I want to say are simpatico with no prison for pot. And mm -hmm. I think we all want things to progress in a proper way, but I think the difference is maybe working within or wanting to burn it down in terms of like the approach. So it's just about how we're getting there. And all I want to, is for us to have a conversation. I feel like that yeah. would be a fucking awesome time to have that like fake legalization, legalization conversation with somebody who has that opinion. If we could manage to do it without like getting into an argument, um, yeah, I think well, that, that would be really interesting. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you if you manage to uh, to get Street Villain on the show, I, I don't think he'll come on mine. But uh, if, if if you have that chat, uh, I, I want to know those thoughts, because like you said, you know, we we stand for common goals. I think, you know, we both want to see the best for medical patients. We want to see no prison for pot, uh, record expungements, you know, justice oh. for indigenous people who are. Uh, slighted by an industry that kind of forgot them like it's it's all stuff we stand for it's just like you said you know i i'm i'm voting by 
putting my money into an industry where I see it doing good. And, uh, and that's my, just my approach. So, uh, I don't know, that's, that, that's going to be my approach. And I, I hope that's not going to ruffle too many feathers. No. And, and I think that's, that's a measured approach and a smart way to do it. I mean, you vote with your money and you try to support the things that you value. Uh, and, uh, I mean, I think I do that in a lot of ways and I try to support the smaller businesses, the family owned type things. But at the same time, you kind of do have to pull from the corporate every now and then if you're you know, oh, looking yeah. for, for something. And I'm not talking about like, you know, Canopy Aurora or anything like that. But I mean, GTAC and. Uh, well, you, even like Gnome Star, you know, like every, the pubcos are out there. Like, you know, there's the craft, but like publicly traded doesn't necessarily have to mean, uh, you know, corporate or whatever. Like GTEC, they got a good thing going on. And then, of course, there's the canopies, the auroras and stuff. And even like to a certain extent, the organograms. And, uh, you know, there, there's lots of shitty, shady LPs out there. And one of the double edged swords as a reviewer is, you know, you kind of end up having to go out on a limb and, like at least throw a nominal amount of money at the canopies and the organograms mm -hmm. to try their shady products and at least give an honest opinion to all those people out there who maybe were just going to read your review, walk into a store and, uh, and buy it like that. So, you know, that that's how they're going to make money. But if they read, if these customers read shitty reviews, then they're not going to make as much money. So I, I see it as a trade-off of like, I pay for the product once to give the shitty review. And then that kind of allows other people to vote with their money, you know? Yeah. And I think that came up recently in a, a conversation that I had with uh, the dude from Extracted. And he was talking about, you know, how he should maybe review some like lesser or stuff that he knows isn't great extracts just to give kind of like a fuller picture of the market. Mm -hmm. And what, what I said in reply was that like, I don't think anybody should have to fall on their sword. Like if you know something is <laughs> garbage, we like we're not we're, we're not rich people, right? We shouldn't be just dropping a fuck ton of money on shitty stuff. But if we don't know, there's no harm in rolling the dice and trying. Maybe you'll end up with something. I feel like there are some brands we have an idea behind where we're just not going to roll the dice or we know because of their practices that we don't want to support them. But unless I I'm pretty confident it's dog shit, I'm willing to try just about anything once. Yeah, yeah. And then there are even other exceptions like uh like recently I did kind of a black cherry punch comparison which involved me right. throwing money at Figger and uh Edison who I've basically written off my list at this point like Figger especially. Uh sorry mm -hmm. Figger if you're listening. I know you follow on Twitter and are actually pretty engaged, but uh yeah, I can't support your product. So, but I did support it that one time for the sake of the, uh, the BCP comparison, the black cherry punch. And so there, there will even be those exceptions where I will, you know, consider myself just one drop in their giant corporate bucket for the sake of, uh, writing a review, but no, it doesn't feel good. And I don't like to do it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's usually somebody willing to, to chime in with equip from time to time, but that's oh, sure. just part of, part of the social media, like, and, uh, putting yourself out there in the public space in some sense, right. There's always going to be some kind of thing of that. And I think the benefits gained from the community significantly outweigh those like shitty interactions. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And it's no secret. I've had my fair share of challenges in the community. Uh, I've, I've been called a Twitter ruffian by enough people there, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> really? I just, I don't get that, man. Like I, like, but maybe it's, maybe it's people who don't listen to your show or like that, who kind of have that perspective. Because whenever I like see your tweets, 
I always kind of see them in kind of like a, a good humored kind of nature. I mean, I feel like I can tell when you've got a little bit of edge there, but <laughs> generally speaking, like I feel it, it comes from a place of like, you know, unless somebody really like steps on your foot, you're going to generally respond in a real kind of positive way. So like, it's hard for me to see that kind of attitude being presented to you because it's like, what the fuck dude? Yeah. I try and be objective and you know, I'm, I'm not perfect. I can be a shitty dude sometimes and an asshole. Uh, and you know, sometimes I fluctuate back and forth between sensitive guy who got his feelings hurt and, uh, sassy asshole. So I, I don't know. (laughs) I, I don't, I don't really know what my persona on Twitter is, but yeah, like you say, I'm just generally out there trying to make friends and, uh, and don't actually enjoy conflict as much as it may seem like that. So, uh, <laughs> if you want to be my friend, I'll be it. <laughs> That's funny. You see, you know, that, that like concern about like being an asshole is a very real thing for me because in, in my duo, Cam is just like a real wonderful dude. He's like a, a really great guy, really oh, lovely yeah. and nice and polite, friendly person. And I'm an asshole. And it's really, really hard. I, I got really concerned when he decided to leave that. I'm like, oh, fuck, people are just going to be like, well, I'm not dealing with this dick. <laughs> 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 but hopefully I, I, I make people laugh enough that they'll, they'll hang out for a little bit. But uh, yeah, I, I had my concerns about that. I'm like, oh, the nice guy's leaving. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good cop, bad cop. Yeah, no, I'll yeah, stay for the right. Joel for sure. <laughs> but that was something like, uh, like aside from that, what I really enjoyed about the, what I was doing with cam was that somebody new to the market with somebody experienced. So not only am I getting to go on the journey and, and experience this with my history and being able to see like, you know, some of those world shattering perceptions, like all the stuff that we were taught, that's actually bullshit. And then mm-hmm. somebody who's new and getting everything fresh and, and kind of absorbing. I really liked that kind of mentality. But at the same time, I really like the chance to talk to people with a similar mentality and a similar approach to cannabis and the way they look at that at that space, too. So this has been like massively refreshing for me to sit and uh, actually get to have a conversation with you and shoot the shit for a bit, man. So like, um, oh, same. I don't know, th- this has been like lovely. So I hope we get a chance to do it again because, you know, it's just like, I mean, we've been sitting here for an hour now and uh, time's just kind of like flowing by anything that you want to plug on the show today. Anything that I want to plug? Yeah. Oh gosh, um, yeah, sure. I mean, anybody you're following that you want to mention, or any stuff you got going on? Oh, tons of stuff going on. Um, I mean, I'll obviously plug the donation paintings. If, if anybody feels like donating to your local women's shelter, uh, fund for sex workers, uh, Asian community service, uh, any creative cause that helps your fellow humans, you can just send me a donation receipt with the amount blurred out. I literally do not give a fuck how much you donate. You can throw in 50 cents, whatever, just blur out the amount, send me the donation receipt with the amount blurred out and uh, I will grab your address. I think I can only do this in Canada. I'm sorry, US friends. This is uh, actual weed leaves that are glued to paintings. So I don't want the border don't mail that showing shit up there. my door. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows if it would even make it to its destination. But uh, yeah, no, the, the way it works is you send me that screenshot. I get your address. You get a painting. So that's, that's one thing I'll plug. And, uh, I don't know. Um, so many things going on right now, just like, uh, follow all the, the local, uh, the growers that are doing their cool things right now. 
like everybody's got their seeds for outdoor season um almonds here is uh got all of his garden in right now and oh yeah speaking of them we've got a jasper's nursery uh i guess my attempt oh, at yeah. a quote unquote product so one hobby that has kind of found its way into our cannabis presence is electronics Uh, so i've just been kind of tinkering around making some garden monitoring hardware and software that runs on a raspberry pi computer and right now i've got a few people actually from the community doing some beta testing of those units which is going slowly because i'm very slow at working on it but (laughs) the uh yeah the idea is that after a while we'll maybe be able to I'll maybe be able to release this as a more complete garden monitoring unit for people who are interested in data collection and graphing things for no reason. Can we fit in a plug for Jules? For Jules? Yeah, absolutely. Jules is my cardboard (laughs) robot. I guess I'll make him a short plug, but yeah, he used to sit in my office back when I had an office. He sat in front of my battery collection bin to encourage people to (laughs) donate batteries to my bin. And, uh, and now that there's no battery collection anymore, he actually just sits in my grow tent. And uh, Jules the Bot has his own Twitter account. I, I, he might actually be down right now. I'll have to double check that. But yeah, he sits in there. He's got a camera trained on him and uh, a little LED board in his mouth. So if you tweet at him, he displays your tweet in his mouth. And it's, uh, it's finicky, barely ever works. The camera latency is awful. So lots of kinks to work <laughs> out. But that's, that's Jules the Bot. Follow him if you want. <laughs> I, I just thought that was really cool. So I wanted to make sure we fitted that in. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> no problem. I've yet to actually tweet to Jules, but uh, uh, every time I do it, I'm like really high and I try to think of something like mocking or joking in like a fun way. And then I'm just like, oh, I'm too stoned to think of this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Delete tweet. <laughs> uh, that's half of the tweets I write. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, my draft folder just one day I'm going to publish a book of all my draft tweets. But everybody says that. But. All right. So thanks for coming on the show, Jasper. Uh, I think that might be a a good place to kind of put a a pin in this conversation. Um, You're on Twitter at Leaf Debrief. At Leaf Debrief. Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, I recently booted up an Instagram account that has nothing on it, which is Leaf underscore Debrief. So probably don't follow that. Yeah, just hit us up on Twitter at Leaf Debrief. Awesome. I took over our Instagram account from Cam and I don't have the slightest fucking clue what to do with it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'll have to figure that out because I don't quite understand that space. I, I, I don't know. Twitter, I feel like you can talk to people. I'm trying to figure out how to talk to people on Instagram. Yeah, same. Same. It's been a, a while since I've been on there, so it'll take me a bit to figure it out. Yeah. Awesome. Well, like I said, thanks again for coming, Jasper. I feel like this conversation is like long overdue. Uh, It's really cool to us to actually get to see you briefly and then for us to kind of shoot the shit for an hour. I hope we get the chance to do this again, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, same. Thank you so much for inviting me on here. It's been a real pleasure, Joel, and uh, really nice to finally meet you face to face. Yeah, man. Okay, cheers. We'll talk soon. Talk soon. Cheers. Well, thanks everybody for listening to episode 67 of the ACE podcast. Uh, I was really happy to be able to have the opportunity to have a chat with Jasper and present that to you guys. So thanks for sticking around and hanging out for our conversation. A huge thank you to Jasper for uh, sitting down and taking the time to have the conversation. And it really was a a great chance to kind of connect and get to know each other a little bit and be able to share that with you guys too. So thanks for checking me out this week. 
If you're looking to reach out to me on social media, I can be reached at acannabispod on both Twitter and Instagram. And if you're looking for an alternate way to listen to the show, uh, I host it on Podbean. So it basically gets pushed wherever you listen to podcasts. But if you're looking for a direct link, it's at acannabispod.podbean.com. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you're taking care out there. We'll see you next week for 420.